Hello, this is Lyle Phillips, Senior Pastor at Iris Nashville, and I would like to personally thank you for downloading and listening to our podcast each week. To find out more information about Iris Nashville, you can find us online at irisnashville.com. Thanks, and God bless. Uh, how many of you guys are excited about that? How many of you guys have been coming here for a while and you're like, when, when in the world are you guys going to have small groups? Because I get that question pretty often and um, I love small groups. And so we're trying to actually just move at the pace of grace here, okay? We're not trying to create a program hoping people show up to it. We're trying to let programs sort of form around what people are already doing naturally. Okay, we're not trying to create some contrived infrastructure forcing you to attend a program. How many of you guys know that that doesn't really uh, make space for a lot of authentic fellowship if you're simply attending a program out of religious obligation? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, we're, we're simply just trying to see what's happening organically and then creating infrastructure around that. Because that's actually what people go to and then derive life from. Nobody wants to go to something that they feel forced to go to. You want to go to something that really adds to your life. And that happens naturally as Jesus and the Holy Spirit rest upon things that we do as a community. And so that's what we're constantly doing, Allison and I, as pastors here. We're looking around. We're looking at what you guys are doing, the ministry that you're active in. And we're looking for where Jesus is saying, hey, Put some emphasis, put some energy there, and direct people there uh, because that's obvious what he's highlighting in this season. So we feel like God's highlighting house church. That's our whole love people portion of our mission and our vision. Love God, love people, change the world. House church is how we're going to start loving each other more effectively. So just look at the person next to you and say, I love you. If you don't love them yet, just do it as a prophetic word, all right? If you're mad at them right now, this is a great opportunity to just release mercy and forgiveness in love. So good. So good. Man, guys, it's, it's 16. It's 2016. It's going to be a good year uh, for us here as a family, and it's going to be a good year for you personally in every aspect of your life. Inside and out, 16 is going to be an amazing year. I feel like that this week as I've spent some time with the Lord, God's told me that my word for this year is expansion. And um, I know that may sound a little bit cliche or even consumeristic when you think about acquiring things. Is that what God is? He's, you know, I don't look at God as being like our Amazon one click. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So like our posture towards him shouldn't be just to pray to get stuff, but I do think that God is all about advancing his kingdom and his government and bringing peace and bringing love. And I was delighted when I heard that word this week because I thought, man, what a wonderful blessing it is going to be in 16 to be a part of what God's doing as he expands his kingdom. And whatever that looks like, I just want to say yes and amen to that. So for me, I'm feeling like that's my word. Anybody else in here? Do you guys get that? You get like one word over the year. Anybody else? Will you raise your hand if that's you? Have you got your word yet? Anybody in here? Can what, What's some words have, that you guys have got? Waiting. Waiting? <laughs> oh, waiting. I, I like that, though. That's good. Patience. Hey, that's, that's good. Fruit of the Spirit. Anybody else want to share their word? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Come on. Trust. 
Lindsay, what you got? I called you out, didn't I? But you lifted your hand. Hey, God speaks to all of us differently. What's your sentence? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. I like that. It makes me feel good. If it's as big as a cloud, I know I can't miss it. You know what I mean? And like that sometimes I think the fear that the enemy tries to blind us with is, oh, you're going to miss God. Oh, you made a mistake. You missed God. Uh, so that's encouraging to me, Lindsay, because I think that's God saying, hey, you can't miss me. Amen. That's good. I like that. Anybody else? You got a word for your year? Vision. Come on. I like that. Yes, ma'am. Hope. Hallelujah. That's so good. Dream. Amen. That's good. Anybody else hearing something right now? You're like, I got one word. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Uh, we want to hear your words. You know why? Because as a family, we're supposed to champion each other and keep one another accountable, not just to good behavior, but to destiny. You know, being in a, in a discipling relationship, and I'm not just saying like teaching somebody, but being two disciples pursuing Jesus together doesn't look like just keeping one another accountable to sin, but accountable to destiny. It's not just about calling each other out. It's also about reminding people of the prophetic words that they've received and say, hey, look, here is the destination. Do not grow weary in well-doing. So that's what we're entering into as a family, as a community, championing each other's uh, dreams. As I, as I prayed about uh, the first Sunday of 16 and, and what to give uh, a message about, I really felt that God gave me a word, but it's not so much a sermon as it is an announcement. Uh, it was almost as if God presented me, um, you know, I, I want to use an illustration like a scroll or something. Like he's like, here, read this. That's basically how I felt like this whole message transpired in my discussion with the Lord about what to speak on this evening. So tonight I'm going to be uh, speaking from the title, uh, just simply The Invitation. I really feel like that there is a significant invitation that's being given to us, both individually and corporately. And I think there's a lot of layers to that invitation, uh, but I just want to kind of um, speak about, you know, an overall more broad invitation that I feel like God is giving to us. Now, for me personally, maybe maybe you've had this experience, there are certain times and seasons when I feel beckoned by the voice of God into something new. Anybody else in here? When you're just like, there's something stirring in my gut. I don't know what it is. I don't have language for it yet. I don't know how to articulate it. There's just something on the inside of me that's stirred up, and I feel like something is about to happen. 
And, you know, sometimes you're like, you expect it to be big and then it's small. Or you expect it to be nothing and your whole life changes in an hour. Well, I kind of feel like that, you guys. To be honest with you, I kind of feel like on the inside of me, a little bit stirred up looking out at 2016, feeling like something is about to happen. Something new is about to happen. A page is about to turn. That's how I'm feeling. I started to think a little bit about Abram in Genesis whenever God spoke to him and said, go away from your hometown. Go away from your home country. I want you to leave all of your relatives. I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave your father's relatives and go to a place that I'm gonna show you. He'd even, he'd even say the place. How many of you guys know that takes not just faith, but some risk, right? He said, just get walking. On your way, I'll tell you where you're supposed to be. I feel like that a little bit. I'm like, okay, God's saying just start walking. Well, where are we gonna go, God? Just start walking. Anybody ever felt like that before? You're like, it would make me feel a whole lot better, God, if you could tell me exactly where I'm gonna end up. You know, I need to know what my destiny is. You know, truth be told, destiny is actually a pagan term. I'm not, I'm not against using the word destiny when you're preaching or, or talking about what's to come. But our destiny, guys, is not a certain place. Our destiny is a certain person. And his name is Jesus. And so if you want to know what your destiny is, I got a prophetic word for you tonight. It's Jesus. And Jesus calls you out unto him and he says, just start walking because I'm your destiny and where you're gonna end up is the place in which I'm gonna take you to. So I don't need you worried too much about your destination. Just worry about being with me. You'll get there. Well, when? When, when I get there. Well, where? Where I'm headed. The purpose is not what we get when we get there. The purpose is not where we land. The purpose is Jesus. The purpose is that we get to journey with him. And that's what I, that's what I feel stirred up about right now, you guys. Uh, I feel ready to just kind of like just, you know, throw up the plans and just be like, man, that was fun. In 15, I made a whole lot of plans, set a whole lot of goals. You know, I wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it happened, some of it didn't. But man, it really wasn't that fulfilling unless it was Jesus. You know what I mean? Anybody else feeling like that as you're entering into 16 at all? Some of you guys? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like that. I mean, think about the disciples. You know, all of them had nine to five jobs. And then here comes this, you know, mystical rabbi, self-proclaimed, in fact. And he was 30. He didn't even have a white beard yet. And he said, hey, follow me. Man, that throws you for a loop. Just calm and comfortable, just like Abram. Maybe some of you guys find yourself there in that place tonight looking out at 16. You're, you're doing a good job, you know? You're, you're doing a good job. You're being faithful to what's been given to you. You've been a good steward. You're comfortable. You're set. But what do you do when Jesus walks by and says, hey, follow me? That's an interesting spot to be in, is it not? I mean, I think it's interesting. What about you guys? 
Well, that's what I feel like happening. It's just like, oh, I'm doing a good job. Like, I'm stewarding, like, this thing good. Like, I'm set. I'm feel, I feel good. I feel comfortable, man. I'm living for the Lord. Hallelujah. Follow me. That's an interesting place to be in. That's, that's where I find myself uh, when it comes to 2016. I really do think this is uh, a fresh sense of discipleship that's going to mark our year, of, of not just being discipled by people, although I think that's, that should mark our year, but being discipled by Jesus as we follow him, as we truly follow him, as we have the experience of dropping it all, leaving it all behind, letting it all go, surrendering every last thing, and following Jesus with radical obedience. You guys with me on this? That's what I feel like God's saying about 16. I feel like I need to like have some spooky music playing right now. Because the nature of invitation with God is it's a little bit scary, right? You're like, oh my gosh, what is God gonna ask me to do? Well, here's the good news. No matter what he asks you to do, you get him in return. So if we're afraid to give up what we have, it's simply because we've not beheld him at the fullness of his goodness that he has for us. Because as we look at him, everything else becomes disposable. And that's what we have to see as we look out at 2016. I have a passage here for you guys. It's from Isaiah chapter 40. I really felt like verse 3 and three through 8 was a prophetic proclamation for us. So let's read it together. It says, A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Call out. Then he answered, this is Isaiah, What shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you for your word right now, and we ask you to speak into us and through us, God, as we follow you in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first point that I want to pull out from this passage is from verse number three, and that is, a voice is calling. If you're taking notes, then just write that down as point one. A voice is calling. That's what I want to say to us tonight as a church. That's what I want to say to you tonight as an individual. A voice is calling. Can you hear it? Do you feel it? You know, I think there's a remnant of people, intimate lovers of Jesus, who hear it. They feel it because a voice is calling. God is speaking. It's not that I think that God does not speak constantly. That's not 
really my belief. I think God really loves to talk. But the reality is God is so close to you that it makes sense for him to whisper. We don't often hear what God has to to say because we're expecting a shout. We're expecting him to shake us and to get our attention with some big, huge, profound word. Ah, wake up, right? I mean, I I think that God does that, but he does that to get our attention off of everything else that's distracting us from him. Because the reality is he's close enough to us that all he has to do is whisper in order for us to hear it, but we have to be paying attention. Because if you're gonna hear what somebody is speaking to you when they whisper, it demands all of your attention. You have to actually put aside other things and you have to say, you know what, I'm gonna listen to this person because they're whispering. So I can't really can't really make out everything they're saying. I'm just dropping everything else because there's somebody speaking to me right now and it's coming through in a still, small voice, right? A still voice. You think of calm and serenity. That's easy to imagine. But what about a small voice, right? A small voice. It's not a big, boisterous shout all the time with God. God is so close to you, he doesn't need to shout. It's, he's as close as just a simple, small whisper. And he's just, it's just a small whisper. And, and, it, and, it, and it's not like, oh my gosh, I've had this humongous encounter and God's shaking me awake and he's saying I should go and do this. It's like there's this stirring that's happening. There's this voice that's calling. And even though we might not be able to repeat every word uh, verbatim, there's still something that's stirring that we're feeling, a voice that's calling, something that we're like, hold on, wait, I hear something and it just doesn't feel like the way that my life is headed is right on the inside. And I'm not even talking about sin, you guys. I'm not talking just about compromise. I'm talking about this, this revelation or this feeling, this hope, this, this, this dream that you have that life is supposed to be something more than what I'm currently experiencing. And I'm not talking I'm not talking about money, I'm not talking about jobs, I'm not talking about houses or cars. I'm talking about internal fulfillment and peace. And you're like, man, something is missing, something is off. There, I, there is something out there that I am supposed to experience. I am a saved, born again believer. I am a child of God. Why am I so messed up, flipped upside down on the inside. Everything else is going right in my life. Look, I'm blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. I go to church. I read my Bible. Look at me. I'm a good Christian. But over here, it's like on the inside, something's just like, ah, where's it at? A voice is calling. God is saying, hey, it's there. But it's not a shout. I don't even think it's a shaking. I think it's a whisper. Because the nature of what God has to say to us now is an invitation into intimacy to to comprehend it. I think God's calling us deeper into intimacy. And as we come deeper into intimacy, it's gonna be deeper into discernment. You know, for us to be successful Christians, if you wanna call it that, we have to be successful listeners. The best Christians are simply the best listeners. Think about that. They posture their heart. They pace their lives at such a speed that they're able to hear God when he speaks. 
you know, it's, it's not like, man, I got to rush around and get something done because Jesus is coming back. But it's like, no, no, I've intentionally made sure that I'm moving at a pace, whatever that is for my life, that my heart is in a posture of hearing what God has to say about my life because that's actually most important. That comes first. That's the invitation. In 2016, you guys, God wants to be welcomed into the fullness of your life. If you're looking back at 15 or years prior and you're like, man, I've never really welcomed the fullness of God into my life. Take the opportunity to start the new year off by inviting, welcoming the fullness of who God is into your life. Invite them in. Invite them in. Let's look at the second portion here, which is also from uh, verse three. Clear the way. It's point two. A voice is calling. What's the voice saying? It's saying, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. This is a proclamation, it's a commandment. It's, you know, it's Isaiah prophesying, saying, clear the way. I have a question for you guys today. What's in the way? What's in the way between you and God? He might be very, very close, but what maze have we constructed in between us and him so that him getting through to us has proved to take a while. Isaiah is saying, destroy that. Clear the way. If it's something that's, that's lifted up, tear it down. If it's something that's been made low, flatten it out. Make the way straight for you and for God to connect like that. You know, the closest the, the quickest way to get between two places is a straight line. I learned that in math and uh, didn't pay a lot of attention, but that, that I learned, all right? I think I, maybe that's geometry or something. Maybe it's another subject, so don't quote me. But I learned that. And so I think about that sometimes like when I'm running because I like to run or jog, and I'm like, you know, if I just look at the place I'm trying to go and I just go in a straight line, I'll get there the quickest, and then I'll get to be done with this. I think about that sometimes, actually. You know, the quickest way to get between two places is, is a straight line. And, and we have to make sure that whatever this is, this, you know, this maze of stuff, this, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's pain, maybe it's, maybe it's rejection, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's just the need to be healed. You know, whatever these things are that have become now obstacles between God getting to you. We need to make that way straight, make that way plain, and make that way easy for God to get to us. You know, and, and where are we doing that? In the wilderness, in the desert. You know, I started to think about that. And I'm like, okay, God, you want us to make the way straight in the wilderness. You want us to make the way plain in the desert. What, what's the wilderness? You know, what's the desert? I started thinking about deserts. I started thinking about wildernesses. You know, a wilderness or a desert uh, tend to be places that nobody cares about. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody vacations to deserts, you know, I guess unless you're going to Dubai. But nobody cares about wildernesses. 
They're kind of off our grid, right? Well, God spoke to me, and I feel like he said, a wilderness are the places in our lives that we feel like he doesn't care about. That, that he's like, you, you know, that's not even a big deal. You know, we're not, we don't even visit those places, not a big deal at all. It's a wilderness, a desert, nothing good there. I feel like that's what God wanted to talk to us about when he says, clear the way. Because that's where he's saying the work needs to be done. Wildernesses are places that we believe that God is not interested in. You, you guys ever, like, you ever said to yourself, or maybe somebody said to you, oh, you know, God doesn't care about that place in my life. Those places, you guys, are the places that he's ready to address. The places that you've written off, that you've resigned, saying, oh, you know, God doesn't really care about that. That's not a, that's not a heaven or hell issue. That's not a biblical issue. I haven't read any Bible scriptures about that. Those are the places that God wants to address. That, that, those are places of, like our emotional well-being, our relationships, how we treat other people, how we treat perfect strangers, what we believe about the poor, how we steward our finances, what we believe about our own money. That's a big deal to God. How we treat others, how we feel about our family, how we treat our wives, how we treat our husbands, how we treat our children, how we treat our parents. Those things are big deals to God. And sometimes we're so busy being holy or being Christians or, you know, fulfilling our destiny that they become, you know, just casualties of war laid aside on the road to success. Not a big deal. That's a wilderness, and God says, hey, I want to address that. That's a desert that you've, you know, eh, it's not a big deal. God's saying, no, 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 that's the place I'm ready to do some work this year. Those wildernesses, those deserts, those are the places that we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to address. I want you guys to know those places, whatever those are, Right now, whatever you're thinking about, God has a plan to transform those places. And he wants in on those places. He's a very intimate lover in that sense. He wants the fullness, all portions of who you are, what your heart is. He wants in. That's the invitation, guys. It's inviting him into those places and trusting by his goodness and his faithfulness that he's there to heal and not to hurt. I was, I was reading a passage uh, this past week, and you know, it's, um, it talks about like the, the day of the Lord, like when God comes, um, you know, what's he gonna find? What's he gonna see? And like, you know, <clears throat> it's gonna be better for these people to, to not be working or th this person to not be, you know, a nursing mother. Or, and I was thinking about that, and I'm like, man, what a scary day that is when God comes. Wow. How terrible that's going to be. And I started checking myself on that. And I'm like, why would it be terrible for my dad to show up? Why am I running this through the lens of, wow, that's so terrible. And I got this picture, funny enough, of me hiding under my bed when I got a D on my report card because I knew my dad was coming home and that meant I was going to get a spanking. That happened every nine weeks, so it wasn't a big surprise. <laughs> Well, here you go. Just get it over with quick. And, and I, I used to, th I, I thought, you know, I, I, I was like, wow. Like, and God said, hey, when I come home, like, it's good. 
like, you know, this picture of me coming or, you know, this, this, this viewpoint of even eschatology, it's like, oh, when God comes, oh, God, it's going to be fearful. And he's saying, where'd you get that idea? Not going to be fearful for you. You're my kid. I'm coming with my goodness. I'm coming with my favor. I'm coming with my love. I'm coming with my light. I'm coming with my life. You don't have to hide under the bed when I'm on my way home. You actually welcome it, saying, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You know what I'm saying? You guys with me on that? Okay. So let's look at the next one. Point three. Write this down. Then... Everybody say then. Then Then the glory. Whenever whenever there is then in a passage, please pay attention to it. Because God's given us a a heavenly prescription, if you will. Because a lot of times he'll say if, and then he's fill in the blank, and then he'll say then. Okay? So it's actually a holy process that he paints for us. He shows us. He said, if this happens, if you choose to live like this, if you choose to be obedient, here's a promise that's attached to your obedience. And, and not, out of, not, not out of a, you know, an abusive authority, oh, I'm afraid and I better obey so I can get something, but out of simple love and devotion, here's a promise that's attached to the relationship. It says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. How many of you guys want to see the glory of God? Come on, guys, every hand in here should go up. If it, if it didn't, if, if yours didn't, and because you thought I was asking a rhetorical question, let's try it again. How many of you guys want to see the glory of the Lord, man? If, if you don't, if your hand's not up or you don't feel like you want to see that, like, just in Jesus' name, please receive revelation that your Father is good and seeing his glory is going to be amazing. And, and be hungry for it because it's a promise from God and it's good says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And get this part. And all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Then. When we make the way straight, then his glory will be revealed. I think a lot of times we come into church or maybe prayer or devotional time and hoping, having our fingers crossed, you know, for a spontaneous encounter. And God is so good and he's so graceful, we get those from time to time. But how many of you guys would like to step into a season of expected encounters? Are you serious? How many of you guys, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking, I'm just messing with you guys. I'm just joking, you guys. But I really feel strongly about that. I really feel like that God has a season for us to step into expected encounters. It's not just like, well, I hope God shows up and something powerful happens. It's like, I know God is about to show up and something powerful is about to happen because he's given me a promise and I've been obedient to his word. I'm his son. And then the glory is about to be revealed. I am anticipating church this Sunday afternoon because the glory is about to be revealed. I am excited about my time in the word and in prayer because the glory is about to be revealed. It's not just gonna be an accidental happenstance. Hopefully he comes, but he just shows up faithfully because you know he's on his way. What if we lived life like that in, in, in complete anticipation and expectation that we would see the glory of God often? That it, that it wouldn't just be, you know, God showing us favor, you know, from time to time. 
but it would be because we're in relationship with him, we get to see him all the time. You guys with me? Then the glory will be revealed. You know, I believe that for those of us who've been living for the Lord for quite some time, you know, sometimes we can get satisfied with the glory of yesteryear. You know, we're like, man, that was awesome. I had a great encounter with the Lord back then. It was amazing. I loved, you know, and for you, that proves, that helps you prove your Christianity, your walk with the Lord, like who you are as a believer, like, hey, I'm good. Because I had encounters, I experienced glory. And then, you know, it's funny how that happens, right? Because time just seems to go along. And then before you know it, you're like, man, since I had a really amazing encounter with the Lord, that was like six or seven years ago. That was like six or seven months ago. You know, that man, I haven't really, like, have I heard God speak? Like, man, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I'm going through the routine, You guys know what I'm talking about. I've been there. Have you been there? I know what that's like. And, and, and we can get sort of satisfied with that. Oh, that's great, man. We had that glorious encounter. But, you know, years ago, I prayed to the Lord, and I said, God, I want to see the glory like Moses saw the glory. And he said, no, you don't. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? You hit him in the cleft of the rock. Like, dude, his, he came down like people said, put something over your head, bro. Like, we can't even bear to look at you. Like, you are shining. I'm like, what are you talking about, Lord? Like, I'm trying to see that. That sounds amazing. And he was like, no, you don't. Now, follow me. But I felt like the Lord said, no, see, there's an evolution of the glory. Because that glory was reserved for that moment. There's a whole new glory that's reserved for this one. And so oftentimes we look, we look back at the glory we have received. But you know what, guys? That glory was meant for that moment. There's a fresh mercy. There's a fresh glory. There's a whole new aspect of God's beauty that he's longing to show to you that you know nothing about right here, right now, today, this moment. So oftentimes we settle, we become satisfied too easily with believing. Man, I've had all the encounters. I know all there is to know about God. I got the theology down. I read the books. I read the classics. I got a degree. Man, I can tell you guys about dreams I've had, prophecies I've given, places I've preached. Great. That's awesome because that's your secret history with God. But that is not the glory that you are supposed to be receiving in this very moment. You can, you can count the testimony. You can worship God for it. You can thank him for his faithfulness. But there is a glory that's reserved for you right here, right now, in 2016. And that's what God is inviting you into. There's a fresh glory There's a new thing. It's always new with God because within every moment, there's just an evolution of his goodness from glory to glory. And guess what, guys? The latter is always greater than the former with God. So it doesn't matter how good your last encounter was, the latter is always greater than the former. Man, I feel like this message is pretty good. I mean, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast. 
I just can't tell if you guys are liking it, but I'm feeling like, I like this. This is good, Lord. I told you guys it was an announcement, so I'm just like reading. <laughs> Who wants to receive and enjoy what God's given out today? Amen. Come on, man. What is that? If the latter is always greater than the former, how awesome has it been previous? Dude. What's up right now? What's available in this moment? What kind of encounter? What kind of experience? What kind of blessing could be poured out? What kind of favor could be showered on his people? Right? And then the next part of the scripture says, and all flesh, say that part with me, and all flesh will see it together. You know, despite popular belief, this is actually the desire of God. He wants all flesh to, to see his glory together. Together, as a community, as a family. You know, sometimes, especially in our culture, we can become so obsessed with being the forerunner. We can be so uh, obsessed with being the pioneer, the world changer. You know, the one with all the favor, the head and not the tail. You know, well, I'm awesome. I'm heaven's superstar because that's what God says over my life. And we're taught that and we're preached that. And I think it's good because it relates to our identity and who we are. But you guys, I believe before God calls a person, he calls a people. I want you to think about it. Because God doesn't just love you. He loves you, but he doesn't just love you. He loves us. And it takes a mature disciple to say, God loves us before God loves me. Give us this day our daily bread. We're supposed to pray for our daily bread, but not only our daily bread. That's not a prayer just for us to be sustained. That's a prayer for us to be sustained. This is actually the design of God that all flesh would see it together. This whole one man, one woman thing, you know, well, man, we just better get behind that person or we just better get behind that lady or that man because they're God's general and they're awesome. We should give honor where honor's due. They are generals. They are pioneers. They are forerunners. They are world changers. But that's our doing, not God's. Are you guys with me on this? Because the invitation was not just to that one person. They accepted the invitation. The invitation was to a people. What if we were a church that didn't outsource the obedience to that invitation to our leadership? What if we said, man, that's great, Lyle. You know, you're our pastor. You get to go up on that mountain. Ain't going without me. I'm headed up too. I'm going to see the glory as well. I was invited too. Hey, I was included in that invitation. Wasn't just you, dude. Man, bless the preachers that propagate that garbage. Bless them and heal them, Lord. I, I say that with like, I'm sending them love, okay? But there's nothing about those people that make them any more special to God than you are. You have the same invitation that landed in your mailbox that they received. Are you going to open it? 
Are you gonna receive it? Are you gonna pursue it? Are you gonna take God at his word? Or else, or, or, or we just, you know, well, they'll be back in 40 days. They'll tell us about the glory and then we'll just celebrate and be cool in our bubble. That's great, man. That's awesome. You guys with me on this? I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like as a people, this is what God's saying to us as a people. It's not just for like two or three people to be like, oh man, look at them. Like they're really experiencing God. Like that's great for them. But what if we could be a church that was really experiencing God? As a people, as a family. This is what I want to ask you uh, tonight. Now I'm, I'm asking myself this question, okay? Please don't feel like it's me sort of just pushing it on you. But will you forsake who you want to be so that we can become who God wants us to be together? That's a tough question. That's a really tough question. But to have this, there's an answer to that question. There's a real answer to that one. In our culture, we can become so individualized with ourselves or our family units and everything is, it's about me getting mine. I'm climbing the ladder to success. If it don't make money, it don't make sense. I'm just trying to get promoted, man. I'm trying to increase my influence. I'm trying to get my popularity up. I'm trying to get my net worth up. I don't know what you're doing. You're playing. I'm doing my thing, man. Get on my level. Okay, let me say, those ideas are not kingdom. Because if you have something, it, you only have it so that you can share it. And we're like, well, I, I, yeah, well, I can't share what I have. Then I won't have enough. So that's what I'm saying. That, that's where I feel like we need to grow. Right? Because why? Not because it's like so we can have more or get more or do more, but because the glory will be revealed. And who cares what we don't have if we have Jesus? Honestly, who cares where we have to live or where we have to sleep or what we have to do? No, it's just a, it's a radical idea. It comes from the Bible, <laughs> you know. But, you know, who, wants, who, who signed up for that? All right? I'm afraid that too many, nobody that goes to church here but too many people in our country have signed up for a different gospel. They've enlisted for another lifestyle. Well, this is great. This is good. It's awesome. As long as it benefits me, as long as it supports me, as long as it blesses me, as long as I get what I want. But it's unfortunate. You don't read that at all when you look at the book of Acts. Because you read 
about a people, you read about a tribe, you read about a church, you read about churches, you read about cities, you read about families, you read about house churches, you read about communities that are beholding the glory of God together. So what I'm saying is, could we take a journey together in 16 where we behold the glory of God together? Where you don't let me back off of wanting to see the glory and I don't let you back off of pushing me and saying, we'll just go get it and tell us about it. Or any other leaders or pastors or people who serve here. You guys with me? Okay. God wants a family. Those that see his glory carry his favor. And God doesn't want just two or three of us having the favor. He wants all of us to have the favor. Does that scare you? Because there's some people who get a whole lot of value out of being the favored one. That's an immature mindset. A mature disciple's like, hey, I got a whole lot of favor. Who can I share it with? Who can I bless? It's, it's knowing. It's knowing what God wants and what the world dictates to us that we should want. Because a lot of that mess we brought into the church. Is this hitting home for you guys? Okay, you guys are quiet and I can't tell. Okay. Here's the last point, and this is where I'm going to close this evening. And so the last one is uh, call out. A voice says call out. Then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. You know, Isaiah had a really good perspective on who he was and who people were. I, I, I mean, I tell people Jesus loves them all the time. But I feel like there's like people, you're like, Jesus loves you. And they're like, well, I know, should. Amazing. I'm awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah, obviously. Duh. Pretty good person. Ain't killed anybody. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm a righteous person. Pay my taxes. You know what I'm saying? But Isaiah, he has like this different perspective. He's like, you know, all flesh is grass. And all its loveliness is still, still grass. No matter how we dress ourselves up, no matter how we rock those brand new outfits we got for Christmas... Or, you know, we pose for them on Instagram or any of that stuff. Like, all that's beautiful. But in all of its loveliness, by comparison to who God is, he can just blow us over with one little. It's important, I think, that we remind ourselves of that every now and then. I think that's important. What do you guys think? And I think Isaiah had that perspective whenever he receives this invitation from God and because of his perspective, he met it with a, a calling out. Well, what in the world am I going to call out? Who am I? Even in all my goodness and my beauty, I'm still just like grass. You want me to call out? Call out Me? Just me? Like, I don't have a special pedigree. I'm not an important person. I'm not in ministry. I'm not well-known. I don't have a whole lot of money. I'm just a normal person. I'm just working my nine to five. Like, I'm serving up coffee. I'm waiting tables. I'm babysitting. Me? You, you're saying me call out? Are you serious? Me? I'm nobody important. 
Even on my best day, I still fall before you. I feel like that's what God wants us to know, is that the evidence of you being qualified to participate in what God is calling you into is the very fact that you're hearing it. It's the very fact that you're feeling it. It's the very fact that you have felt it. It's a simple stirring. It's a, it's a drawing. It's an anticipation. It's like a holy frustration that says there has to be more to life than this. They promised me blessing. Well, I'm blessed, man. I'm set. I'm good. I live a great life. Okay, but why am I not fulfilled? What is going on inside of me? What's going on in my relationships? What's going on in my emotions? What's going on in my family? What's going on in my kids? What's going on in my parents? There's got to be more. There's got to be something else. And that's God saying, you feel that? You hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me qualifying you to carry this word. That's me qualifying you to receive this invitation. That's me qualifying you to say, hey, you're a target of my goodness, and you are my son, and you are my daughter, and and I'm telling you this. You. Not somebody else to tell it to you. I'm telling you this. I'm saying this to you. Not the people you think I should be saying it to. I'm saying it to you. Well, God, I'm just the smallest one in my tribe. I'm the least. And my tribe is the least of all the tribes. That's what Gideon said. And he said, yeah, but I found you. And he said, well, I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm threshing out grain in the wine. He was hiding in a wine press trying to make some food so nobody would steal it from him. And he said, yeah, but I'm talking to you. Does that fit? Have you struggled with fear in 2015? Have you hidden yourself from God? Have you refused the invitation you feel like he's presented you time and time again over this last year? Have you felt like, man, I don't, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. I, I, maybe you got a whole bunch of stuff, but you're not satisfied. And you're like, man, this is great. But there's got to be some more. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, I feel that, Lau. I'm hearing that. That's God saying, yep, you. I'm God. I created them all, but I want you. But I want you. The invitation has shown up on your doorstep. It's not, it's not a friend running over to say, look what I got. No, no, this is you tonight. This is you, 2016. This is your first Sunday, your first opportunity to say, God, yes. I say yes. I'm saying yes, God, to you this year. Let, let the dead bury the dead. But God, I got to go take care of some stuff. You know, I've really messed up in 15. There's just so much stuff that I need to just finish. Let the dead stuff bury the dead stuff. Let it stay dead. You're not going to be doing anything good by trying to give dead stuff CPR. God says dead. Let it go. Follow Jesus. Leave it in 15. Closed casket. Yes. Bye. That's 15. That's 15. This 16. 16 is yes and amen, God. That's what we do. We call out. We respond. We make a response. 
You know, guys, tonight, and I'm, I'm closing with this, tonight, as we were worshiping, I was just thanking God for showing up. That might seem strange to some of you guys, but I feel like that a lot of what we do as a church, I'm being a little bit mean. I'm sorry for being rascally, as Mama Heidi says. But, you know, a lot of what we do in the Western church, if God never showed up, nobody would know the difference. I mean, you, know, you guys know what I'm saying? We have, we're so good at management. We're so good at programs. We're so good with the money. We're so good with the lights and the, the experience and the entertainment that we provide people. You know, it's awesome. But so much of what we do as a church or what we can do as the Western church, we don't even need Jesus to do it. And, and that's where I'm like checking myself finishing 15. I'm like, God, this is great. We're a church, but we're a church of like one in 5,000 in Nashville. And that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad there's so many churches here. But I'm not just going to be a church that pretends to be a church, but is actually a business. I didn't sign up for that, God. I'm actually done with that. Buried, dead in 2015. How's everybody going to feel about it? Uh, I hope this is okay with it. So people come back. I hope it works out. I hope people show up. I hope I feel validated. I hope people say, you're a good pastor. Nah, who cares? God sees me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, Lord. This is going to be awesome if people receive this invitation. It's not going to be about me. Like, oh, come on, come on. You got to see Jesus. You invited him anyway. You guys with me on this? Okay. So, yeah, I'm thanking God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for coming, showing up. It's awesome. It's amazing. I love this. It's fun. I just love whenever you show up, you know. And it was like, you know, Jesus, I, I saw him, you guys. I, saw, I, I had this vision. I saw Jesus. He came in, dude. And, I mean, he was in royal attire. He was in, like, these golden robes, man. I'd ne- I've never seen a picture of Jesus like this. And, I mean, they were long, flowing, golden, like, white satin robes. And he had a scepter and a big crown. And he just came up here and he just sat down. And he was like, this is my banquet. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's awesome. You came. You showed up. It's great. It's cool. And I just, got so, I just got so excited about that. And I'm like, God, I know you're faithful. I know you're good. I know you love to show up. But, like, you, you have shown up. Yeah. And if we don't get anything else, God, but we get you, man, we, like, this is, this is it for us. This is it for us, God. This is awesome. This is amazing. This is perfect. This is what we need. This is what we want. This is what our soul is really craving on the inside. This is that thing that we're feeling. It's just, it's just God. It's just Jesus. But it's a simplified expression of what it means to be in relationship with him. It's just him. So that's where I find myself tonight, you know. And I, I started talking to him, thinking like, God, like, man, it's amazing. Like, you're, you're in this, oh, this royalty. This is, this is royalty. It's amazing. He's like, hey, come sit up here. So I'm like, oh, awesome, man. I'm, he's like, you know, sit down. And, and I just feel like he's like, just puts, puts his arm around me. And I'm like, God, this is awesome. Like, you're so royal. And he's like, yeah, and you're my son. So that means you're royal. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. And I was like, God, but you know what? I haven't been royal all the time. 
I haven't thought like royalty. I haven't behaved like royalty. I haven't thought like I have, you know, access to you or, or who you are or what you carry or what you have. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, that's true. But that doesn't take away from who you really are. Doesn't take away from your identity because whether you make a right decision or a wrong decision, you make a mistake or a good one, you're still my son. You guys know what I'm saying? You're still my kid. And I, I think that's how God wants us to, you know, kind of end the night in prayer and also begin 2016. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done, bad or good, in 15. All right, guys? You're still his kid. You still bear his name. You're still a part of the family. And if you've been estranged from God, from your father, if you've ran away, maybe you feel like even like the prodigal, you've just spent your inheritance. I feel like God just saying, hey, here's the invitation. This is 16. Come home. Come to me. So with that being said, guys, could we stand, please? And I just want to take one more moment, more of a a quiet moment for everyone to respond in their own way. So let's make a decision right now in your heart. There's an invitation on your table right now. It's right in front of you. It's as close as your hand. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's what this invitation is. It's an invitation into his kingdom. And he is inviting you into it. Don't worry about everything you need to fix before you step into it. worry about all the places that you're feeling like but Jesus I need to invite you in first to these places just just follow them just drop it all he's saying you're invited just step into it just step into it So as you respond in your heart and just make that decision internally, just want to cover that in prayer. And just declare, God, that you are good and that you are faithful. And that before you call us to anything, God, you call us to yourself. Our greatest calling is our greatest reward. 
And that's you, Jesus. And so we just say yes tonight in Jesus' name. We say yes to your goodness. We say yes to your faithfulness. We say yes to you right now, Jesus. Yes. Yes, God. It's a simple permission. We say yes. Yes, God. We give you our yes. We surrender ourselves. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. I don't know if anybody else from our worship squad is up here, but um, they don't necessarily have to be because I can. I'm going to move this mic for Kiko. And Kiko, you can do it however you want, man. But I just want to sing that song. You're good. As we close tonight, can you? Are you good with it? If you're not, just sing whatever you want. I'm, I'm trying to help you out here. So, I just, I wanted Kiko to do this song because I really felt like it was appropriate for us to be sent out, all right, as we're dismissing, just sent out, rejoicing, celebrating singing and thanking God for his goodness. And if you would like to receive any prayer tonight or you just feel like that right now the most appropriate place for you to be is in the altar, then you can just come up here uh, right now. If you're feeling that and you're like, man, I wanna, just want to be there. I want to start my year off right. Just come on, come up to the front. In fact, that's probably a good idea um, for some of us here. If we're feeling like, you know, we just... I just want to present that before the Lord right now. 2016, I say yes. Yes, Lord. Come on, guys. Don't, don't miss a moment just waiting for a dismissal. Like, if that's you, just come on up. It's, there's no, like, weirdness about it. Like, this is what we're giving to God as an offering. We're giving ourselves. We're just saying yes, God. You are good. Thanks for subscribing to the Iris Nashville podcast. We'd love to hear back from you. If you don't mind, log into the iTunes store and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, 
the more accessible our podcast is to new listeners. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. God bless.